0: unlock the power of your mind this is provocative enlightenment with Eldon Taylor welcome and thank you for joining us today the next two hours are devoted to learning something more not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax but about how what and why we believe as we do a time for the open-minded willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind what we think we know who we are, and who we might just become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, our chat room is open, and my partner, Ravinder, awaits you there now. You can log on by going to ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat. We have a special chat room. So, Ravinder, tell us all about it, please.
1: We have a magical chat room, and the conversation is always great, but I miss you there, so I want everyone out there to come join us in the chat room and say a quick hello and contribute to the conversation. We all learn a great deal from each other, so that is ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat.
0: Okay. In our spotlight this week, we turn our attention to a recent question. Why do we play music during our interviews? You know, every week we ask our guests for up to three musical selections that have real meaning to them. We usually will play a portion of the chosen music following breaks and give our guests the opportunity to share just how this music has influenced them and why it is important to them. I typically introduce this idea during the radio show as another means to learn something more about our guests. We have found dissonance in some guests based at least on their musical choices. For example, someone who preaches oneness, peace, balance, and harmony, and who chooses music with lyrics such as that found in the song, You Done Me Wrong, is not exactly walking their talk. Indeed, we have even had guests deny choosing the music their office sent us once they learned how we interpreted their choices. You remember that one, don't you? I mean, what's tough about understanding that three of your most important pieces of music make a statement about you, albeit often a form of self-disclosure some don't really think through? Now, as far as I'm concerned, I like it when a guest is spontaneous with their musical selections and then realizes why we asked. In this way, we truly do get a sort of Rorschach insight into our guest innermost thinking, a glimpse of some portion of their subconscious associations. Now, we have had at least one guest who indicated there wasn't any music they liked at all. That, too, says something important about a person. Many people fail to realize just how significant music is to all of us. Music is one of the few activities that involves using our whole brain, both hemispheres simultaneously. The evidence clearly shows that music has healing powers, can lower blood pressure, strengthen the immune system, provide relief from pain. It's good for the heart, increases the speed of recovery from strokes, is a great headache cure, possesses anti-seizure properties, enhances intelligence and memory, is a wonderful fatigue fighter, and improves performance, cognitive as well as physical performance. Obviously, music is quite influential, so much so that we also know how powerful it can be in restoring memories and cognitive abilities where diminished faculties are present, such as with Alzheimer's and dementia patients. In a headline on Medline, we read, Music Therapy Brings Dementia Patients Back to Life. The article goes on to inform us of the restorative capacity music holds, quoting the surprising popularity of a six minute video uploaded to YouTube last spring is bringing enthusiastic attention to music therapy programs as a possible way to improve symptoms in patients with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. A program known as Music and Memory was created by former social worker Don Dan, I should say, Cohen as a way to awaken memories of these patients through the use of personalized music selections played on MP3 players. A documentary about him and the program entitled Alive Inside is currently in production. It is a video clip from this documentary that garnered unbelievable attention on YouTube. With more than six million views, the clip features Henry, an elderly man with dementia who is first shown slumped over in his chair, barely acknowledging those around him. But after headphones are slipped on him, he instantly lights up and becomes more animated, even humming along with the music, more dramatically. After the headphones are taken off, he is shown being able to answer questions and even sing snippets of his favorite songs. Now think about that for a moment. What music would it be that you would have a loved one play for you that might restore cognitive abilities if that was ever needed? This is the sort of thing we might discover when we ask folks for the most important three pieces of music. We are after the music that strikes the beat of life within each of us that is so full of life itself that almost magically the sound of it may restore life where it appears to have been lost now there are other factors that may enter into the equation like frequency and today's subject may we may find ourselves exploring that but if you've ever wondered why we ask for three pieces of music now you know Thoughts on this one, Ravinder? Or should I ask, what music would you want me to play, should it ever be needed, heaven forbid?
1: Yeah, well, you confused me a little bit then. You interviewed me before and you played my music and you beat me up about one of them because I said to you it was only the chorus of the song I was interested in. I had ignored the rest. It was just the very little snippet in the of the chorus that filled me with passion for life so uh yeah music i think is really significant and i have you know we're just chatting about this in the chat room right now since turning 50 i have discovered that music can really be a spiritual doorway so you know the kind of music that you choose will have an impact on the kind of life that you experience at least that's my 50-year-old wisdom for today
0: anyway. Amen, amen. I mean, you know, bottom line is I've told this story many times. A friend of mine uh, is, you know, being DJ one evening for a 50th anniversary, Uh um, high school graduation. He's got all the music queued up that they would have listened to, you know, a sock hops at 50 years prior. And they limped in on crutches, and he thought, oh, my goodness, knee replacements, hip my, But there wasn't anything he could do. So he tells the stories. You know, Eldon, they came in on canes and crutches and limping, and they danced out jogging and jumping, you know. I mean, that's what music does to you. It, it tells us about who we were at another time and place, and it, it does fill us with vitality, I'm sure. Okay, every week I read some of your letters as our way of paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week our guest was Professor Anders Nilsson, and we discussed his book and course, The Gentle Way of Heart. Elizabeth wrote, I really appreciate your radio show with guests like Professor Nilsson. I go away every week pumped up with new resolutions and additional healthy questions. Janice wrote, I like how the professor identified the difference between our false self and our real self. Richard remarked, I don't buy his presentation of this part of ourself as false. Biologically, evolution-wise, we are somewhere between the very aggressive chimpanzees and the loving, sex-obsessed bonobos. All right, if you say so, Richard. Bonnie commented, I find what Professor Nilsen says makes sense. We are all divine creators. Isn't that experiencing Christ consciousness God within? Nancy wrote, like you, Eldon, I love Nilsson's metaphor of knowledge as a mountain. As we go down the mountain, we get further and further away from the other side of the mountain, and therefore the truth's held by others. Now, last week's Spotlight was all about freedoms we think we hold as rights that are no longer treated as a right at all. Mark wrote, in last week's Spotlight segment on Our Freedoms May Not Be Freedoms After All, Eldon brought up the notion of natural rights. According to natural rights theory, nature endows every human with certain inalienable rights, which cannot be abrogated or interfered with by any government. Such a view presupposes that rights are platonic in nature, originating either in the mind of God or in the natural world, independent of our own human mind. In fact, Enlightenment thinkers, including the Founding Fathers, held to such a platonic view of natural rights personally, I don't discount such a view. However, how do we defend our rights against those who hold to a materialistic view of life and think that rights are arbitrarily man-made and subject to opinion, and thus can justifiably be taken away from us by government in the name of good? I believe that in the coming years we will see our rights come under greater attack by many who hold to such a materialistic view, whether in academia, government, or the general population. And it will be important that we defend our rights, not from the standpoint of some inherent natural moral law, but from solid facts about our nature as humans living in the material world. Because if we don't, we will most likely see our rights slowly diminish before our eyes in the name of progress. Amen to that, Mark. Lisa wrote, I am having wonderful success with your Intertalk Stop Smoking program. And Pamela wrote, I love inner talk. It has helped me so much. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your comments to Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at eldontaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. Now to this week's show, Vocal Profiling with Sherry Edwards. What exactly is vocal profiling? According to today's guest, and now I'm going to quote, Vocal profiling has the ability to let us know the intentions of our leaders, the motivations of our partners, the foundation of our sense of self-health and well-being. Would those abilities be of value in the struggle to attain dominion over our intrinsic right to personal freedoms? From birth to death, we use sounds to express our needs and emotions, but there are additional layers of information hidden within the words. In modern times... We possess only limited conscious awareness of this information for ourselves or as a means to interpret the intentions of others. Vocal profiling software has been developed that can use the components of the voice to create a matrix of information about anyone, from fundamental DNA to the hidden intentions of those who claim to speak for us. Imagine a future in which the individual frequency-based biomarkers contained within the voice, can be used to keep our world and us healthy and emotionally balanced. Close quote. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Her copy states, and again I quote, Sherry Edwards is well on her way to proving that at our core we are very sophisticated math-based robots. She states that we can be managed through our individual frequency-based signatures She asks that we imagine a future in which we can be individually identified and maintained through the use of frequency-based biomarkers that keep us healthy and emotionally balanced. Her work at the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology has shown that we can each have dominion over those frequencies by individual mind management or a simple remote control that is completely programmable. Using the unique techniques of vocal profiling and evaluation, emotional as well as physiological issues can be revealed and addressed. Her work with a human voice reveals that people who share similar traumas, stresses, diseases, toxicities, and so forth, share similar, if not identical, vocal anomalies. She brings together ancient knowledge with modern ideas of harmonics and frequency relationship theories to show that math can be used as a form of predictive Diagnostic and Curity Foundation for Wellness. Sherry is convinced that through entrainment of the frequency grids of the brain, the body can be programmed to support its own optimal form and function. Close quote. Now that's a tall order. So on that, let's get her in here. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Sherry Edwards. Well,
2: thanks for the invitation.
0: It's indeed our pleasure to have you. I've wanted to chat with you about your work for some time now. We like to get at least three objectives accomplished with our guest, Sherry. Who is the messenger? What is the message? And how do we use it? So to begin, please tell us a little bit about your background and how and why you began the work that has come to define you.
2: Wow, what an open question. I was raised in Appalachia. Uh, in a corn crib until I was about six or seven, no electricity, no running water, no anything to interfere with my hearing. So my hearing developed in a very, um, unusual way and John Hopkins University has confirmed that my ear is constructed differently from other people. And I could hear sounds from things. I try to talk to my parents about it and, you know, they just go away that, you know, that doesn't happen. So here's this unusual set of hearing that i could tell when somebody had a headache or the trees would give off frequencies and i just i didn't know i didn't know anybody else who did this nobody in the family would talk about it so i just shut up but as i begin to grow older and know about things and and people they thought i was very psychic and really i was just picking it all up from them i went to the university I ended up teaching parapsychology there for 10 years, but I really wanted to know what these sounds were that I was hearing. So we, as part of my senior project, we did, uh, I guess, a project with the School of Nursing, the School of Hearing and Speech Sciences, the School of Music, and my own college, Interpersonal Communication, and we found out that we could measure sounds from the ear, and that had an effect on people's blood pressure. It told us what they were thinking as we collected more and more data. Think about the brain as a central processing unit and everything that happens in the body on a neural network with all of these, you touch something hot and your brain reacts to it. So everything has all of these frequencies running all over your body, all around your body and it's sending signals to the brain. You see something that's millions of cycles per second, and the eye translates that into electrical chemical energy, sends it to the brain, and the brain says, ah, visual input. I'm going to interpret this this way. And the ear hears something 20 to 20,000 cycles per second. Ah, that's auditory input. Everything happens that way. Your emotions, your biochemistry, toxins, poisons, whatever is going on, And man, in his simplicity, I'm going to talk about mankind, took that information about frequencies and put it into notes of music. A is 440, um, C is 130, and you look at those frequencies, we created music in our own image in all of those different ranges so that music could affect us. So that's
0: Okay, so now your hearing sounds, was the rest of your family hearing this because they, too, were raised in the Appalachians, or was this just unique to you, Sherry?
2: Well, it ends up unique to me because I have two things in my ear that most people don't. I have an activated sacculus, which is what whales and dolphins have, and mm-hmm. humans have it, but it's usually dormant. And then I have something called an otolith. That most people don't have, and we think that's what causes me to hear these sounds. An the otolith is a little floating bone that looks like a seashell, that's in the sort of the gyroscope of your right. ear.
3: Right. right. So,
2: so it's just seeking. Go ahead. Uh, I, all of this came about because I was seeking an answer as to whether or not I was nuts.
0: <laughs> whether or not you were nuts. Okay, Helen. You, know. you you. Um, you earned a master's degree in education and did I just understand that you used it to teach parapsychology in the university?
2: Well my master's thesis was on why teach parapsychology and so I taught it for about 10 years and still couldn't find a reason um, still couldn't find a reason for why I was hearing these sounds
0: Okay, so, oh, but, but but you, if I read your literature correctly, though, know, as this young person, you could hear the thoughts of plants, the sounds of rocks, and so forth. Is that correct?
2: Yes, and Pythagoras reported the same thing.
0: I know, I know he did. Um, he could, a plant would tell him when it needed water. Is yes. that the kind of conversations that, I mean, when you hear the sounds of plants, when you hear... The thoughts of plants. I get this said right. Is is that what you the kind of conversation that you hear, or is it, you know, like Cleve Baxter? You know, don't cook another fish in that boiling water on the Bunsen burner.
2: <laughs> it's more of a connection to the plants, like uh, we're ready to be picked or something like that. We had a, a odd tree, a boysenberry tree, come up in our backyard, and. It told me that it needed protection, and that was just really weird. And there was this little oak tree growing beside it, and you could hear the conversations. I was talking to my son about it, and he just, you know, that's just trash, Mom. Don't, don't mention that. But we had a group of people come out, and they were doing GPS surveying, and Mm -hmm. they heard the tree talking. Now it doesn't talk out loud; it's just frequency. Everything that you say is a frequency. Everything you think is a frequency. Every movement you make is a frequency somehow. The as the planets move around the stars it creates a frequency and our world emulates that. We have some
0: of us some of us don't really hear the frequency. We might just sense that frequency. Isn't that yeah. true, Sherry?
3: Or?
2: Yes, or as an aura or as a feeling or a kinetic energy. I think everybody could hear this and there's an article on our website. If you can moan, you can tone, and it teaches you to listen to your own sounds. I I think man I'm think i going to ask
0: you to hold it right there. We've got a, a hard break coming up. I don't want the computer to kick us out. We've run late today. So we're speaking with Sherry Edwards about vocal profiling and bioacoustic biology. You can learn more about her and her work by visiting soundhealthoptions.com. Remember to join Ravinder and her team in the chat room. You can do that by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Do stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up after a few words from some of our friends.
4: You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor.
3: What is one thing you wish you could change about yourself? What if you could make that change happen with the click of a button? With InnerTalk, Elton Taylor's patented and scientifically proven and effective technology, change begins to happen the moment you hit play. InnerTalk works by priming how you talk to yourself and when your inner self-talk aligns with your outer goals. Anything becomes possible. Visit www.innertalk.com to find your title today.
0: Thank you for joining us today. I will be presenting at the Hay House I Can Do It Conference in Pasadena on October 25th, and I would love for you to join me. The I Can Do It Conferences are always worth attending, and many of your favorite authors will be there as well. So plan to make a weekend out of it and reserve your tickets today by going to hayhouse.com, I Can Do It 2014 Pasadena. I look forward to meeting you in person.
4: We were all ensconced in the incredibly mellifluous sounds of the waterless crystal music glasses. Now you can own this music for yourself. Bruce and Sandy Tweedy have created two wonderful CDs. Visit their site and get your copies today. Just go to brucetweedy.com. That's B-R-U-C-E-T-W-E-E-D-Y dot com. brucetweedy.com.
0: If you're new to this show, you may enjoy our archives. You can find more than five years of archives at our site, ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. During that time, we have interviewed Hollywood greats, politicians, psychics, CIA personnel, hard scientists, religious leaders, skeptics, mathematicians, philosophers, social psychologists, best-selling authors, channels, mediums, and more. We have charted the waters of health and wellness, parapsychology, psychic phenomena, UFOs, NDEs, physics, psychology, criminology, neuromarketing, brainwashing, and still more. If any of that sounds like your kind of radio, check out our archives again at ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Be sure to subscribe to our free newsletter while you're there.
4: It's not your fault until you know better. Self-defeating, self-sabotaging thoughts can be eliminated. It may be difficult to accept, but the fact is, magnetic resonance imaging shows us that your subconscious mind makes almost all of your decisions, while your conscious mind makes up reasons to explain your choices. In order to rid yourself of those self-defeating thoughts and ideas, the fear and doubt that can hold you back, you must change the way you talk to yourself. Nothing does this faster or better than our patented InnerTalk technology. Scientifically proven effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies, InnerTalk has repeatedly been demonstrated effective. Change has never been easier. Now you can improve your life almost automatically by rewriting the scripts hidden away in your subconscious. Guaranteed to work. No reason to wait. So don't delay. Go to InnerTalk.com today.
0: Hello again, think for a moment on the tragic injuries so many of our servicemen and women suffer as they battle insurgents and terrorists in current world conflicts. We may all wish that there were no conflicts in the world, no one intent on doing us harm, but the reality is that our brave men and women risk life and limb to ensure that we can go on with our lives just as normal here at home. These brave ones have offered their all for us. And their selfless spirit inspires me to ask everyone to give themselves. I'm speaking of the Wounded Warrior Project. Ravinder and I support this great cause and we would urge you to do the same. Your small gift can make a huge difference. You can make that tax-free donation by going to WoundedWarriorProject.org. Thank you. Whether you catch our show on CTR or 12radio.com or bto.net and or bbs.com, we want you to know that we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're speaking with Sherry Edwards about vocal profiling and bioacoustic biology. Now, we ask our guests for up to three songs, songs that have that special significance to them. And as I said in today's spotlight, music does elicit memories, often calling on deeply emotional feelings. And in many ways, our favorite music can say a whole lot about who we are. So now we just played One Tin Soldier by the original cast. Why is this one special to you, Sherry, and how does it tell us about whom you are?
2: It's about man's inhumanity to man, and it brings me to tears when I hear it because I want to make a difference for people's lives and give them choice and try to help them realize what's important to them. That is a very moving song to me. And I think it's about humanity from the beginning that uh, greed versus I really want to help. And I, I think we can divide humanity into frameworks that way and degrees of that. Um, there are people here working hard to help other people, like the Wounded Warrior Project. And then there are people here who uh, are just greedy. People called me the other night and wanted a donation for the Wounded Warriors. I looked them up and 85% of their money goes to their pocket. You know, it's that, that kind of greed when there really is a need. That That's where we, I, want to make a difference. And I have a great crew that helps do that.
0: The predacious nature of mankind. That's what you're telling us. All right. We'll get into that one a little more as we pursue this in the next hour and a half. But before the break, You were telling us how we can all learn to hear the trees and so forth. Do you want to pick that up?
2: Well, when we look at what's going on in our environment and really listen, you can hear electricity sounds very low, even coming out of every speaker. You can hear it on the street. It's this low hum. I think that's ruined our ability to hear each other. I think this was a very ancient but normal thing. And the more advanced we became, the more we shut down our hearing so that we don't have to attend to all the noise. So we wrote an article about if you can moan, you can tone. And it teaches people to hear their inner sound and teaches them that when their sound begins to be heard, they'll take a deep cleansing breath. And we've tested people. Their heart rate and their brain somehow synchronizes when they start listening to these sounds, and there's a whole group out there, the math brain people, that shows that if the brain is in sync with the heart rhythm, that the body heals itself.
0: All right, if we may, we have two general areas of interest that I want to discuss today. One has to do with the healing modality that's involved in, you know, the profiling nature of your work. So let's let's. Discuss that healing aspect first. Please flesh out for us the theory behind your work when it comes to using sound as a healing modality.
2: Well, I'm not allowed to use it as a healing modality. The FDA would jump all over that. I have to say that I'm here to support normal form and function or optimal form and function. We often say here at the Institute, we're looking for data. If you get well, that's your problem. <laughs> or a nice side effect, that that would be nicer. But we just had somebody in last week, they had a torn shoulder and they were in a lot of pain and they couldn't lift their arm. So we listened to their voice, actually the computer did, and stuff a microphone in front of them. And the computer says, oh, looking at where the pain is, it's this frequency, That's not getting through to the right way to the muscle through the nerves. We gave her the frequency and the pain went away. This is math as medicine.
0: Okay, now I have to stop here for a second. I want to treat what you just said, but I have now checked three websites on the internet based on your comment about Wounded Warrior and 85% going to salaries or admin. And uh, all three agree that it's controversial the reports, but they all also indicate 80 percent goes to the care of soldiers, and I just need to get that in because I certainly don't want to be supporting a charity that indeed uses 85 percent of the money for lavish salaries. This so
2: some veterans network something or the other. And I just point asked the guy, and I was at my computer, and he said, oh, well, we don't know that. And I said, well, I just looked it up for you. Here it is. And like you, I'm not willing to support that either.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now we don't call it a healing modality. We call it uh, supporting optimal health. And in supporting optimal health, it's my understanding that What you were able, what you've been able to do is ascertain missing components of the human voice. And by ascertaining that, you're able to diagnose and or provide a method by which people can, what shall we say, regain optimal wellness? Is that true?
2: Yes, that happens all the time, but there's so many sides to this.
0: Well, please, uh, can, flesh can it I, out for us. Unpack it.
2: Okay, can I tell you about the Ebola project that we're doing? Well, sure. Okay, when all of this came down and the government said there's no cure and there's no this and there's no this, I thought, well, we've done this with flus and herpes and all kinds of bacteria and stuff, let's see if we can do something with Ebola. So we went in and read the paperwork of these particular three genes that are causing nine strains, and we decoded them. And we said to the public, we'll give you this software if you'll give us back data so we can prove if anybody has Ebola, been exposed to it, are our frequencies correct. And what came back to us was a bunch of videos of um, Dr. Kent Brantley, Dr. Pui, and several other people who had had Ebola. And we looked at our frequencies, and sure enough, they're, they were there. Now, do we give those frequencies back and the Ebola will go away? We don't know. We've not tested that. This is what we're about, finding a problem like Ebola, being able to flush out the frequencies associated with it. So if somebody has it, here's the frequency, and we know how to get the antidote. But we ask the public to help us, gather data with all of it. Now, can we diagnose? Well, the FDA says no. But we know that the WHO, the World Health Organization, is pleading with everyone to find an answer. And if we found an answer over here for swine flu and bird flu that we know work and we gave away to the public, why can't we help this big project, the big problem with Ebola? And we think we can so find the now, frequencies, I, then use them. Okay.
0: Now, you know, I guess I I just want to, for, for the sake of our audience and perhaps for myself, I want to create kind of an analogy, if you will, because we're, you're talking about something that doesn't necessarily, that most people do not have a framework, um, a scaffold to hang the information on. So if I may, and you stop me if I place this, any of it, incorrectly, we have... An orchestra that is a healthy human being, many different frequencies going off from different cellular um, organisms, well, not just organism, different uh, aspects of the human being. The liver has its own, the kidney has its own, the heart has its own, and they are playing one music, and this one music is basically it is our our identifier, it is what what makes us unique. it is why we might reject the skin of another person, uh, it, it is that signature we think of as who we are that is established in the first few hours after birth. Okay, if then what happens is we've taken some player out of the orchestra. We're missing the the cello or we're missing the entire brass section, and that gives rise to creating discordant or less than optimal music and what you do is you identify that and and provide a way to replace that aspect of the orchestra does that analogy hold
2: that's beautiful but there's a next step if there's too many tubas then there's too much sound in this way so we help reduce that and if there isn't enough of this we put that back in okay your, your voice is like a song just like you're saying that was a that was a great analogy
0: okay well maybe the analogy can just help me kind of you know ask intelligent questions but hopefully it helps our audience as well all right so now with ebola we have a viral infection and uh so you have something added to the symphony that you're detecting, and and
2: sour notes,
0: right? And and then you're doing what to remove that? What is it? You're finding a counter uh, frequency um, or rate, as in uh, you know Rife's work that uh, that eliminates it, minimizes it. What?
2: Well, think about noise canceling headphones okay so if we have a pathogen that we have decoded and it's this number then we can multiply that get technical by square root of two and it will cancel it out we use that same thing when we have a virus or a bacteria and we know what the number is and we just give its antidote what that begins to do is vibrate this live uh critter in there invader and it vibrates this cloak they put on, this protein cloak, so that the killer cells of the body can come over and just annihilate it like it's supposed to be in the first place.
0: Okay, cool. Now, that makes sense to me. All right, I got that picture. Now, you you mentioned flu, and I know that you did some work with swine flu and others. And, and of course, we've already, already spoken about the Internet and uh, you know, you did a quick search on Wounded Warrior and got a number and you know, I looked at several sites where we, and I get different info and, and we have shared that. When I search Sherry Edwards and do my background, my homework, uh not everything is uh is favorable that one finds out there any more than it is with probably anything nowadays. But with that said, that couched, uh who did you give swine flu uh you know, frequencies too, and and and, and I can't discover that they were any of this work with, that you've given to the public has ever been used.
2: We have about 3,000 practitioners trained, so when we find something, we provide it to them, they try it out. And this particular practitioner that was doing it had a son-in-law, for this one, that was a doctor, and he had uh, Tamiflu-resistant swine flu. And he couldn't get rid of it for weeks. And so finally she said, okay, let's just try it. And it worked. And it was Tamiflu resistant.
0: Okay. So what we have, now? well, let me just digress. In your authorized biography, Secret Sounds, the author is Jill Matson. I know you know that, but for our listening audience, uh, it's a good read too, by the way, informs us, um, she informs us in her book that, you know, hard research is behind your discoveries. So what I'd want, like you to do, if you will, is unpack that for me. I mean, what kind of research? Is it the ABAB? Is it anecdotal like you just told me? Is it double-blind? What kind of research?
2: It would be really hard to do a double-blind study with this because no matter what frequency we use, it's going to affect somebody. So let's come at it from a different way, the one that we did, uh, one of them that we did for the Army. They wanted to know if they could do vocal prints on soldiers who had just gotten blasted with these acoustic bombs. They wanted to know if they were hurt or if we could tell. And sure enough, at the 30 people they gave us, nine there was nine consistent frequencies in their voice. And we started looking up those frequencies and found out they were neurotransmitters. There were yodo, which is a bad thing in the brain. Uh, they were troponin, which is a protein marker for heart um, problems or heart damage, I should say. So we're able to look at a homogeneous or homogenous group, and if they have the same problem, our conjecture is they have similar anomalies in their voice. So, yes, we've gone at it in that way, and the other is looking at someone, uh, well, Dr. Russ Rudy, who came to us, and they said he had multiple sclerosis, and they told him to go home and die. Well, we took his vocal print. He ended up here because his doctor sent him here as a last resort. We put a, a microphone in front of him, and I said, I don't think you have multiple sclerosis. You do not match any other pattern of anybody that came in here with multiple sclerosis. I think you have damage to your spine. And at this point, he had already lost the use of his legs uh, from his waist down. He was running a little scooter. And it took five months from about Thanksgiving to the next May to help his body regenerate his nerves. That is totally impossible. Now, did we do it with sound? Did he do it with his belief system? We just know that the lab tests prove that it's real, and he's now walking.
0: You didn't have to convince me about the power of sound. I mean, I have firsthand knowledge of that, I period, end of quotation. So what, what you're saying is you, uh, you're vibrating, stimulating, uh, if you will, or he was. I want to be careful because I know you're concerned about medical. But <clears throat> um, <laughs> your software... Stimulated that nerve growth through a kind of uh, a resonance therapy, vibrational therapy. We vibrate. Uh, you know, we we can play the note on a grand piano in a ballroom, and every other piano in that same ballroom or that that music store will enunciate the same note. Uh, that kind of theory that stimulates the regeneration. is. Do I understand that correctly?
2: That's perfect. with one exception. We use the software to see what frequencies the body has in stress, like the sour notes. Then right. we give people back analog brain waves, and we sit and wait and see what happens.
0: Okay, now that's where I was going to go. There's, there's quite a difference between... Uh, i'm playing a frequency I'm, I'm vibrating a frequency against the body and uh, i know that you're familiar with a lot of people that have done that kind of work
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh and i'm somehow changing you know a, a brain pattern how do you how, how is that accomplished
2: we can test that it's working but we really don't know how the body works for instance no no, no did- i know but
0: how are you giving the brain the frequency?
2: The formulas, the formats of the formulas that we provide go to the skin, to the nerves, and back to the brain. We've been able to look at that through myograms.
0: So it's a transcutaneous method. Yes. That okay? And, and, and so this is—you give it an analog. Is that what you said? Uh, we
3: that
0: use is, it, yes. And Anal- that analog stimulation is received by the brain. The brain then changes the neurochemistry, or, it or looks like, are we in the dark as to how, <laughs> exactly what the mechanic is?
2: Well, we can give somebody the frequency of iron and go have them do an iron blood test, and the iron will change after we gave them the frequency of iron. I wish I knew how the body does that, because that's the healing mechanism.
0: Interesting, really interesting. Okay, in in the biography that I mentioned, there are many references to lost teachings, teachings of the masters. Fill us in on that.
2: Well, I wish I knew those things, too. <laughs> um, Sylvia Franck wrote a book about the tree of life and the Holy Grail. And it was about the Steiner method and about the Templars and Dan Brown wrote about a lot about that in in his books, The Symbol and um, I can't remember the name of the other one. But he said that these Templars who were a part of the Christian sect. Were charged with keeping people safe, whether they were on a journey, whether it was free from illness, and they were so beloved and got so rich that King Philip decided uh, to kill him off and to take their property. And somehow, Sylvia Frank, Frank says, that that information about frequency and the use of frequency was imbibed in, in their cells someplace. And you see this down through other trains about the Cherokee singers, uh, sirens and singers. And it's by sound, it's by uh, fan paintings, it's by dancing, it's by drumming. But when you look at it, it's all by frequency. And I think people knew this, and I think people could hear a different way. There is a sound coming out of your ear. And I used to say that I worked in the speech and hearing department trying to work myself through school, and I would say to the director, you know, that there is a sound coming out of people's ears. And he would say, oh, Sherry, we love you, but, you know, don't talk about that. And John Hopkins University proved that there's a sound coming out of your ear, and they now use it. It's all over PubMed about diagnosing uh, pancreatic and liver issues. We took it a step further because they have to put a wire in your ear and they clamp your head down. Last time I saw them do it, Um, we did a project that showed that your voice shows those same frequencies that are coming out of the ear and we just by trial and error learned this note means this this architecture means this and it has just been we're gathering data trial and error to see if we could go back to our future like star trek you know that little tricorder that they (laughs) use We can already do that and accelerate the healing of a bone, not only the healing of the bone, but the sound will set the bone, move it over and set it, and we have x-rays and data to prove that. You know, we kind of have our one foot in that ancient stuff you're talking about and one foot over here in conventional medicine, but nobody claims this. We we don't fit anywhere.
0: Mm. Uh, you know... <clears throat> I didn't see the x-rays on your website. Maybe they're there. I'd be really interested in seeing that. But we've got a break, and so I'm going to hold my questions on that until we get back. If you would like to know more about Sherry Edwards and her work, check out the links at soundhealthoptions.com or just go to provocativeenlightenment.com and use the links that we've posted there that will take you right to her site. We have a special video about our guest that will be shown in the chat room during the break. So if you're not already there, now's the time to join in the fun. Just go to ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor.
3: What is one thing you wish you could change about yourself? What if you could make that change happen with the click of a button? With InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented and scientifically proven and effective technology, change begins to happen the moment you hit play. InnerTalk works by priming how you talk to yourself and when your inner self-talk aligns with your outer goals. Anything becomes possible. Visit www.innertalk.com to find your title today.
0: Thank you for joining us today. I will be presenting at the Hay House I Can Do It conference in Pasadena on October 25th. And I would love for you to join me. The I Can Do It conferences are always worth attending, and many of your favorite authors will be there as well. So plan to make a weekend out of it and reserve your tickets today by going to hayhouse.com, I Can Do It 2014 Pasadena. I look forward to meeting you in person.
4: We were all ensconced in the incredibly mellifluous sounds of the waterless crystal music glasses. Now you can own this music for yourself. Bruce and Sandy Tweedy have created two wonderful CDs. Visit their site and get your copies today. Just go to brucetweedy.com. That's B-R-U-C-E-T-W-E-E-D-Y dot com. brucetweedy.com.
0: If you're new to this show, you may enjoy our archives. You can find more than five years of archives at our site, ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. During that time, we have interviewed Hollywood greats, politicians, psychics, CIA personnel, hard scientists, religious leaders, skeptics, mathematicians, philosophers, social psychologists, best-selling authors, channels, mediums, and more. We have charted the waters of health and wellness, parapsychology, psychic phenomena, UFOs, NDEs, physics, psychology, criminology, neuromarketing, brainwashing, and still more. If any of that sounds like your kind of radio, check out our archives again at ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Be sure to subscribe to our free newsletter while you're there.
4: It's not your fault until you know better self-defeating self-sabotaging thoughts can be eliminated it may be difficult to accept but the fact is magnetic resonance imaging shows us that your subconscious mind makes almost all of your decisions while your conscious mind makes up reasons to explain your choices in order to rid yourself of those self-defeating thoughts and ideas the fear and doubt that can hold you back you must change the way you talk to yourself Nothing does this faster or better than our patented InnerTalk technology. Scientifically proven effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies, InnerTalk has repeatedly been demonstrated effective. Change has never been easier. Now you can improve your life almost automatically by rewriting the scripts hidden away in your subconscious. Guaranteed to work. No reason to wait. So don't delay. Go to InnerTalk.com today.
0: Hello again, think for a moment on the tragic injuries so many of our servicemen and women suffer as they battle insurgents and terrorists in current world conflicts. We may all wish that there were no conflicts in the world, no one intent on doing us harm, but the reality is that our brave men and women risk life and limb to ensure that we can go on with our lives just as normal here at home. These brave ones have offered their all for us. And their selfless spirit inspires me to ask everyone to give themselves. I'm speaking of the Wounded Warrior Project. Ravinder and I support this great cause and we would urge you to do the same. Your small gift can make a huge difference. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're chatting with Sherry Edwards about vocal profiling and bioacoustic biology. Now, Sherry, we just played your second musical choice, or at least a part of it. I could play the whole thing, but I want to talk to you more. I have to really like that. The Logical Song. And this rendition by Roger Rogson with the Ringo Star Orchestra. So tell us, Sherry,
2: how and why is
0: this one meaningful to you?
2: Well, I love the beat of it. It's like get up and do something, but it's about this man's struggle t- to be real, to find himself, and what society has done to cover up our reality for almost everyone, and we, we really do a disservice with our children by making them get in a line and do this, and everybody do it at the same time, and, and I'm just, for individual creativity, I'm just tired of everybody has to be alike.
0: Yeah, so concur. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I guess the problem with me is I'm glad we teach the sciences and logic, et cetera, and so forth, but I sure don't like the fact that we try to unteach people from the use of their intuition, their imagination, and we denigrate it and so on and so forth. I dislike that very much. Uh, so I happen to really like that choice of music. Okay, let's do this. Tell us how you go about discovering and using these healing frequency patterns
2: discovering of them well, yeah. How do you discover? air. when we looked we did a great big uh parkinson's project because we had some in our family and it just didn't seem to be uh the doctor didn't seem to be doing anything with it so we took almost 50 different vocal prints of people who had parkinson's and we began to look at the commonalities And some of them ended up not even having Parkinson's. They had tetanus or they had ALS or they had Lyme disease. And we could break them up into these categories based on the frequencies. We used 24 frequencies out of a possible 100,000. The computer identifies what's important, what sour notes are in their song, so to speak. And then we could put them in these categories, these homogenous groups. And then we went about sending them to... Uh, the appropriate doctors to see if we could confirm what we were saying. And then in some of them, we gave them frequencies like for Louis proteins to regain their smell. I don't know if you've um, read the article that we did on Robin Williams.
0: Yes, I did, indeed. I and, mean, it's one of my questions, so if you just want to jump and go to that, go right ahead.
2: Well, when he committed suicide, and I had listened to a couple of interviews for him, there was something... Wrong. That was beyond his depression and anxiety and whatever his his happy sort of face. And so, I looked at his last um, interview. I think it was with Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. I said, "There's something more going on here that he has something like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's because he has Lewy proteins. That's this junk that gets in your brain and, and causes you to deteriorate." Mm-hmm. And we were on another radio show, and I said that. And then the next day, his widow announced that yes, he did have Parkinson's. So based on that wonderful Parkinson's project, we didn't got all that data. We we're able to help people walk again, have balance again, have their feet uncurl, you know, because they couldn't walk, speak again, be able to smell things again, just by frequency. A wonderful group of volunteers that allowed us to give us frequencies until we stumbled upon what worked.
0: Okay, let me explain the importance of the Fibonacci series, and especially the fire, the golden ratio, when it comes to human health and well-being and how you use it in cataloging these uh, different uh, frequencies.
2: I can't answer that question because we don't use either one of them. Everyone has their own step series. Everyone has their own harmonics. And it's not really the frequencies that do the work. It's the harmonics of the frequencies. So if somebody happens to have a Fibonacci series in there, fine, well, and good, or whatever's going on. But we don't try to pigeonhole people and put them in, in a catalog of your frequency has to be this. So you're, look-
0: you're saying, you? I mean, you're telling me that, uh, the Fibonacci series is not does not exist in all human beings. Is that what you're telling me?
2: I don't know if it does or not. We've never run a test like that. I think it it's in all nature from things that I've read. So it must be in humans. We just we haven't run a series to see.
3: Okay. Not listen. Well, go ahead.
2: Not everybody's note of A is four forty. It can be four thirty two or four forty eight. Everybody is completely individual, and that's what your voice tells us.
0: Okay, I I believe you're familiar with cymatics, are you not? Yes. Okay, have you found any usefulness when it comes to comparing the geometry of sound using cymatics and your work in general, and if so, please explain.
2: We look at the vocal prints architecture. We have created a computer program. And we give it away so everybody can look at it. But a triangular shape, uh, how pointed it is, that would indicate a toxin. A round curved rainbow, that would indicate a pathogen. So, yes, the architecture is in there. As a matter of fact, we use the architecture from the Maltese Cross to format the frequencies that we, we look at, like base and reciprocal. Now I don't want to get into heavy math here. Um, but there's so much... In the patterns of the voice that we look at. Uh, I can, we can do a sound for people and look at the vocal print and sometimes it'll, it had little pictures of flukes in it and the person had liver flukes and another one had a smashed thumb and in a vocal print there's a thumb. People can create what's going on in their body through their voice in pictures as well as words and frequencies.
0: Interesting. Tell me this, Sherry. <clears throat> what you do is not healthcare. It's um, something else. So, why have you tagged Big Pharma as a fraud?
2: Because I've looked at some of their research and they're not telling the truth. We,
0: okay, unpack here's a,
2: that. Here's a, and for instance, yeah. We did a big study on diet Pepsi. We were looking at aspartame. Why? could the pharmaceutical companies say aspartame was not good for people or was good for people and it wasn't causing any problem? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Well, if you look at aspartame, it's glycine and glutathione. The people who have trouble with glycine and glutathione are going to have trouble with aspartame because they're the same frequency. Now, the body's redundant, but think about this. Here's a cell, and according to Robert O. Becker, and James Jim a cell, away. a cell signals by frequency that it needs help. So here's a cell signaling for glycine or glutamate, which is needed for muscle um, communication and all kinds of signaling and neurotransmitters. So it's signaling for that natural substance of glycine or glutathione. And there's a lot of aspartame, and it's the same frequency. And it comes over here, and it binds up with it. And then the cell doesn't know what to do because it has this foreign substance. Once you break it down, analogy might be the natural stuff is a 5 and 5 to make a 10, and the aspartame might be a 9 and a 1 to make a 10 that it called for. Very unbalanced stuff. So all of these toxins get into the system, and the body doesn't know what to do with them because they're, pesticides and whatever, in the same frequency, but they don't do the same function once you start to break them down. So when they do this aspartame research and say um, everything's fine, I don't don't believe them because we can see the difference. And there's a lot of research out there, pro and con. Just look at statin drugs right now and what a fight there is over... It kills your cells. No, it's perfectly safe. It deteriorates your uh, muscles. No, it's perfectly safe. Let's put you on it. Let's get your cholesterol down to 60. We actually had a man who came in. His doctor wanted him below 60. Um, I'm not a medical person, but I know when somebody's uncomfortable or they're exhibiting symptoms of an overdose of something. And. The other thing that they do, put, statin, put people on statins who have diabetes, and they're not supposed to do that. Read the literature. But I think doctors are being lied to, and the doctors that work with us are resigning. They they just won't do it anymore.
0: So, you know, for years and years, I mean, I date myself a little bit, but uh, there was a time that Doctors got on television and they recommended the brand of cigarettes, Chesterfield. (laughs) That was the doctor recommended brand. So okay, why not? I went out and bought Chesterfield, and I smoked it for many, many years. You know, before we learned that, doctors lie. Uh, A lot of the research that is done isn't really, you know, it's the product of whoever is selling whatever that me or that and product is like for example the cigarette or the aspartin. so are you saying that there is fraud in pharmacology because they're inherently dishonest or because of the motive of of greed this this you know i want to sell you the product and i don't really care who you are and so we could really instead of paint with one broad brush all oh, of the pharmaceutical industry, start turning and looking at, as with cigarettes, the tobacco companies.
2: I don't think everyone or anything or any company is all good or bad, but I do think there's a lot of greed in the world. I think it's a human trait. But I also think, over here's the people who want to help, and here's the people who are out for greed, and we try to get along with one another.
0: So do you do you look at this research like aspartame and say, well, who uh, funded this? Was it Pepsi Cola that funded it? Was it Diet uh, Cola, Coca Cola that funded it, or do we just then say, well, you can't trust uh, Big Pharma?
2: I don't think we can trust the literature. We need to go look for ourselves, run our own tests. Which brings me to a computer program that we have for free up on our site for the public. Okay, you tell
0: example. us about it and give us it, the uh, give us the website again. It's called
2: nanovoice n a n o littlevoice.org or you can go to our big site soundhealthoptions.com and just go to download. But here's an example of what we did. There were two people on a TV station and they were talking or radio TV and they were talking about Gardasil when California was trying to make it mandated that anybody 12 years or younger could get this Gardasil shot and not have to tell their parents. So there's one person there, her name is Lisa, and she's saying Gardasil is fine, it's the problem with your parents, uh, if you would speak to your children, you wouldn't have this problem, you wouldn't be upset that we can do this. Oh, but never mind that we're going to give them an iPod, right? And there's this other guy named Bill. And he's saying he doesn't think this is a good idea, this many people have died, um, this should be uh, permission with the parents. He had a very, very foundational, truthful vocal print. This Lisa lady, and it's published on our site, her All of, not all, but most of her stuff was ego and up in a fantasy layer, a storytelling layer. People can look at that to see intentions of presidents and spouses and children. There is a course there to teach you to do it. There is a a booklet to teach you to do it because I think people have a right to know. And when somebody's talking about Benghazi or the war or whatever they're talking about, we ought to be able to take a vocal print. And see who's telling the truth, because for a lot of people, I think the truth has gotten away from them. Look at what happened with uh, this new law now that says anything you say on the campaign trail you shouldn't have to be held accountable for it, because that's like free speech. That's I'm like I'm saying- familiar
0: with that law. I'm familiar with you know the idea, but it wasn't made into law, was it?
2: I I don't know. I think it. i read that it was, but I just can't remember. Yeah. And maybe it's just in court. Maybe that's what you I know,
0: read. And I want to go, yeah, I, I think it has to do with libel, um, um, slander as well, because you get public figures. But at any rate, I mean, I, who believes what's on the campaign trail? And, and for what it's worth, I tend to think that when you, we use labels. You know, we look at politicians and we think maybe, according to a label and, and a lot of people are going to think dishonest they're going to lie to you and and we do that with big pharma but you know i guess what i'd like to do just before we leave this subject is is remind people that not all pharmacy um, not 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 how do i say this not all drugs are inherently evil they save lots of lives yes and uh And Sherry is right, of course, there is a lot of greed. So when you're looking at this research, I I think it pays you to look at who funded it. Uh, But now, let's go to where you're going. You know, I spent years as a lie detection examiner. And uh, my day was typically, you know, a little bit of interrogation, maybe some uh, uh, forensic hypnosis and uh, several lie detection tests. Among all the tools in the armamentarium of a lie detection examiner is voice analysis and among the tools of voice analysis is a device called a um, psychological stress evaluator that looks for a muscle microtremor that disappears under distress how exactly i what, what is the mechanic that's involved in the detection of deception using your software
2: you have to look at the octaves of the voice and all of the notes. What's balanced, what isn't balanced, what's not there. For instance, we were asked to look at Jerry Sandusky. Do you remember that case out in Penn State? Yeah, I do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We were asked to see if he was telling the truth or not. He had two distinct octaves that were not attached in any way. That meant that there was two stories he was telling and they weren't attached. And it was the word Horseplay that gave him away, and we were able to show this is a deceptive word. This is a deceptive sentence, um, and we teach people to do that. That particular profile is on our site, and it goes into detail about how to tell that he was not telling the truth.
0: Okay, so people, you know, our listening audience can go to your website. They can download this free software, NanoVoice, right? Yeah. And, and there's a booklet, and I assume they can download that as well. And I then they can they can begin immediately to assess what politicians are saying as a case in point. And I want to go to that one, but I'm going to add this caveat. You know, whenever people learn about things like the use of hypnosis or the use of lie detection devices... It, it they often decide that what they're going to do is they're going to check out their their mate, their spouse, their partner, you know. And from every school I've ever attended, including psychology, that is a terrible idea. Just an absolutely terrible idea. Your comment on that, Sherry?
2: I think we all deserve some privacy.
0: Well, not just that. I think there's a little bit of stress involved in just asking. Yes. But, but okay. All but right. think
2: about what would happen if everybody was required to tell the truth. Our justice system would go awry. There'd be lots of divorces. I, I mean, ask people to tell the truth for five minutes. Now, statistics say everybody lies. And, and what's your motive?
0: That's we, we had Dan Ariely, Professor Ariely, on the show. Uh, and that has been his you know, area of focus and research for years now. He's very famous over it. And for all intent and purposes, you know, his hard data shows you put two strange people together and they're not going to go three minutes without lying to each other. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. uh, pretty, pretty. And, uh,
2: and a lot of I people lie to themselves, too. And that's oh, one we... of yeah, that's one of the things this program does. You talk into it about a subject and it gives you a little printout tells you how clear you are you know this wonderful movie The Secret where it told us we can have whatever we want but not a lot of people know what they want what if it's the neighbor's wife you know who gets to choose so it'll help you get to the root of where you're going can I give a quick story
0: yeah real quick we got about two minutes so go ahead
2: we had a lady come in and her husband was having an affair and the other woman was pregnant. And she came in. She was devastated. She said, I want the baby to die. I want them to die. I hate everybody. And I said, Look at your voice print. It's very unbalanced. This is not really what you want. And about 15 voice prints later, it was, I just want to be with my church and be with my friends. It's not the baby's fault. And you could see the balance in her voice. And that gave her the courage to do what she had just stated and to go on with her life instead of staying in this totally distressed state.
0: Interesting. You know, when we come back, uh, I want to ask you about some very specific instances that are going on right now. You mentioned uh, Benghazi. Well, you've got, you know... um, Audio recordings of President Obama on your website discussing ISIS or ISIL, and uh, and, and a number of other really interesting, or I should say, um, well, I guess interesting. I'll leave it at interesting <laughs> uh, comments. There interpretations of some, you know, uh, prominent people making some interesting statements that. Uh, I guess we just can't take it face value. But that said, we'll get to that after the break. Before we go, I want everybody to hear once again where they can go get that software and that booklet so that they can use this to um, evaluate for themselves what others are telling them. Tell us, share that again. Nano, N-A-N-O, dot Nanovoice.org. You heard it. All right. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you're enjoying the show. Be sure to check out Sherry's main site, SoundHealthOptions.com. It's loaded, and I I truly mean loaded. I spent well over an hour just racing through to get kind of the, the terrain. We'll be right back after paying some bills. Do stay tuned.
4: You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. The praise for Eldon Taylor's New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions, continues to mount. John Edwards said this about choices. Read this book. We are living at a time when people are searching for answers to fundamental questions in their lives. This book can be, if applied, a roadmap to personal enlightenment and empowerment. More important, it helps you see that you can manifest change. Joan Borisenko had this to say choices and illusions is a smart practical book by a grand master of the mind if you want to get out of the box of your own thinking and touch a greater reality eldon taylor can show you how lindsey wagner had this to say enjoy the journey i did get your copy today online or at fine bookstores everywhere There's a hidden secret in the Northwest. Well, it's not really
3: a secret, but it's not very well known, either. Eldon and Inventor discovered the neatest bookstore in Sandpoint, Idaho. The store is called Zero Point Crystal, and when you enter the premises, you face a six-foot-tall quartz crystal that gives off an unbelievable radiance. Books, music, gemstones, lapidary specialties, singing bowls from Tibet, essential oils, and so much more fill this special sanctuary. If you're in the area, be sure to check them out. If not, visit their website at www.zeropointcrystals.com. You won't be sorry you did.
0: The great courses cover a broad array of university-level disciplines. The lectures in each course are either 30 or 45 minutes long. By listening for less than an hour a day, you can finish even the longest course in just weeks. Browse our catalog or website at thegreatcourses.com and imagine how much you can learn if you spent just 30 minutes a day for the next year in the best college classrooms in the world. The lecturers are university professors carefully selected by The Great Courses and its customers for intellectual distinction and teaching excellence.
4: If you haven't yet read Mind Programming, you're in for a real awakening. Like the red pill, ignore the book at your own peril. Here's what author Angelina Hart had to say about the book. Mind Programming is a brilliant expose on how we've become unconsciously enslaved to that which we haven't understood. Eldon Taylor exposes and explodes the old world view of fear and lack that has generated direct and indirect manipulation of our minds without our awareness or permission. With well-earned insight, he offers proven pathways of self-empowerment that entrain our consciousness towards the model of unity and abundance that negates the survival paradigm. In a period when fear has reached a frenzied pitch, Taylor shines a brilliant spotlight to dispel the darkness. Get your copy today at fine bookstores everywhere or online from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million.
0: Ravinder and I love supporting causes we believe in. We both feel the pain when we see an animal abused. Call it empathy or what you will, the pain is very real. We both also celebrate with joy the wonderful stories of animal rehabilitation. Indeed, it can be goosebump time. We urge you to get involved and lend aid to your local animal shelter. Or in the alternative, make your donations to the Humane Society of the United States. You can read about their work and make that donation by going to www.HumaneSociety.org. You can make a difference, but only if you are Thank
3: you.
4: Hi, I'm Jen Reich, and
3: you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment. Elden offered me the opportunity to share this poem with you. It's called Mind Over Chatter. If I say I'm going to run a mile, I most likely will go too. For usually getting started is the hardest thing to do. And this can go for anything that calls for motivation. It first begins within the mind until we find our inspiration.
0: Hi, I'm Eldon Taylor and you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment Radio. I'm so glad you could join me as we tackle those tough questions in search of the answers that really matter. But remember, this is a journey we are undertaking together, so I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Please send your comments to eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at eldontaylor.com. You can also join in the conversation by joining me on Facebook at Dr. Eldon Taylor, that's D-R-E-L-D-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Now, Back to the show.
3: Well, I woke up Sunday morning. Don't worry, you're going to hold my head hurt And the beer I had for breakfast
0: wasn't bad So I had one more for dessert Then I fumbled through my closet for my clothes And found my cleanest dirty shirt Then I washed my face and combed my hair Stumbled down the stairs to meet the day.
3: I'd smoked my brain the night before, cigarettes and songs that I'd been picking. But I lit my first and watched a small kid cuss at a can that he was kicking.
5: Across
3: the empty street Caught the Sunday smell Of someone fried chicken
0: And it took me back to something That I'd lost somehow Somewhere along the way On the Sunday morning sidewalk It's in that I was stoned there's
3: something in a Sunday That makes a body feel alone? There ain't nothing short of time
0: Half as lonesome as the sound
3: Sleep in city Sunday morning down
0: Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're speaking with Sherry Edwards about vocal profiling and bioacoustic biology. We will take your phone calls in this half hour, so if you have questions for our guest, either give us a call or submit your question in our chat room. Now we just played Sunday Morning Coming Down, performed by Chris Christofferson. What's the story with this one, Sherry?
2: About lost souls when they can't find themselves. And again, that's what that computer program is about. So when people don't know themselves or they're hiding for themselves, they can go in and look. It's very topic-specific, and it helps people get on their feet and find where they want to be. He vacillated from childhood memories of chicken to the church and god he He's really lost and and looking, and aren't we all
0: so you don't relate to that. you rather think about others that are suffering? Is that the idea Yes, interesting okay <clears throat> this is provocative enlightenment, and I have to ask you the tough questions that's all there is to it. So, um, the Skeptics Dictionary doesn't treat you or your work too well. Indeed, quoting just a little, quote, the emerging field of human bioacoustics, something that I had never heard of, so I did a little investigation. First, I checked out the Guardians of the People website and found that Sherry Edwards considers herself at war with the American health care system. She thinks that, quote, more than ever, alternative health care techniques are needed, close quote, and her bioacoustics is just what the alternative doctor ordered. She presents her work as cutting-edge stuff, computer software that can determine whether any negative outcomes can be expected from an immunization or a vaccine by analyzing your voice. Edwards has a master's degree in education, according to the Sound Health Research Institute, of which she is the research director. These folks have their own journal, the Journal of Bioacoustic Biology, and they have their own association for granting themselves awards. In 2005, the International Association of New Science, IONS, www.newsciences.org, a domain that is now for sale to any bidder, awarded its top honor to Sherry Edwards. Close quote. Now, Sherry, is there any truth in what this guy is saying? And I mean by that, you know, what what is your association with IANS, this International Association of New Science, if any?
2: They gave me a Scientist of the Year award for some papers that I had done here at Ohio University. On one of them was uh, hand analysis for deaf and hard of hearing kids, so you could tell how they learned. Um, I can't remember all of them. Been been too long ago. So yes, got that did award. Did you Did
0: you have any association with the uh, ions? I mean, were you a member? I was or... a member. Yes. Okay, but you didn't. You didn't fund them. You didn't create them.
2: No, not at all.
0: This was an independent organization, and so this guy is just taking a cheap shot based on the fact that the independent organization isn't around any longer, and
2: uh, the founder and died.
0: Would... Pardon?
2: The
0: founder died. That's what happened. All right, Sherry. Good. Thank you. So we get that kind of stuff out of the way, and then I don't get these nasty letters from people that, hey, you didn't do your homework, you didn't check this out, et cetera, and so forth. All right. Tell us then, Sherry, (laughs) have you you looked at the motivations uh, such as the bombing of ISIS? And I mean... You know, there are many who believe that the reason we're treating ISIS, and I don't even know if we call it ISIS or ISIL anymore. There's there's a whole intrigue behind the names. But many believe that the president is doing this just because elections are coming up. Now, I know your site covers Obama's address to Congress regarding ISIS or ISIL. So tell us what your evaluation indicates, please.
2: I would like to invite people to go to NanoVoice and download this chart that we've created over the years so they can follow what we're saying. But when Obama is speaking now and about the war and whatever, the note of C-sharp comes up very strong, very high, very out of balance, and that's justice, and when it's that high, it's my way, and his ego is very high. He does have some... um support for a love of humanity but not necessarily one person at a time but his octave of what's going to happen uh, there's a lot of fantasy going on i don't think he's in i want to use the word engaged i just don't think he's been given the right information to make the right decisions whether he's being protected i i really expected and said months ago that I think he's so disinterested he's just going to walk off.
0: Interesting, interesting. You uh, say that um, on your side that the evaluation indicates it is devoid of intellectual content and suggestive of martyrdom. What does that mean?
2: Well, that person, devoid of intellectual content and there's martyrdom going on,
0: yeah, I mean, your, your site actually yeah. says that the evaluation indicates it is both devoid of intellectual content and suggestive of martyrdom.
2: Is that the one where we were comparing Obama and Gaddafi because their vocal prints are almost identical?
0: No, this was, uh, this was his presentation to Congress. But uh, let's do this instead. Uh, you know, flesh us out with, uh, you know, some of the other um, important people and important politics that are going on right now. And, uh, you know, bring me up to date. Tell me, tell me if I'm a listener out there, why it's important for me to be evaluating these people as we come on to an election year.
2: Well, we are asked to do that and to see who um, has the best speaking voice, who's the most convincing voice. And when we look at this and look at, uh, let's say, um, Hillary, a lot of her information is in the notes of F and F sharp. I'm making a plan. I'm carrying out a plan as opposed to, well, looking at your chart, and I was doing it as we on commercial. You like to manage things from an intellectual perspective that fits your heart, but you want it to have a useful outcome. So in looking at that, you could see what a candidate was talking about and what they really wanted or needed. I'm trying to think of some other candidates we've done.
0: Interesting. Have you done Panetta? Panetta is out right this minute uh, with a new book, and he's giving a lot of interviews uh, talking about, um, you know, our president and his action or inaction in in Iran and uh, Iraq and that area have you have you evaluated uh, Panetta?
2: And him talking about his book? Yes, he has a very strong foundation. His facts are there, but there's some ego involved.
0: Is there ever not <laughs> ego involved with a politician, Sherry?
2: Um yes, there's a few. Ron Paul for instance. And uh oh, cool. um, mike uh, is it mike adams i can't remember his name he's the one that talked uh, about breast cancer and Uh that he wanted to support his sister i can't remember his last name tell us
0: about the Ron paul um interview that's on your site
2: um very integral person lots of foundation but at the end he was very hurt very down very distressed that nobody would listen to him so there's a lot of Stress in his uh, right at the end where he resigned. But he was for the people and he just got beat up over
0: it. Now, you, you, you talked earlier about how we, I know I'm monopolizing this, I really should be asking you questions, they're just flooding in from the chat room. But um, you spoke earlier about how we can lie to ourselves. And you have an example of that in Fred Thompson on your page. How How is lying to ourselves different than just lying? Flesh that out for us.
2: Well, he I, is that the one where he was going to run for president? Yeah. Okay. as And I've done that several years ago. He was saying the words that he wants to be the president. He was sitting on the edge of a chair. He really thinks he has a lot to offer. But when you look at it, he had a split octave, and he was up in fantasy. He didn't even believe his own words.
0: Okay, let me ask you this, and then I will go to the chat questions. <laughs> have you ever evaluated you know a famous person doesn't have to be a politician just a famous person's statement only to turn shake your head and say what a fraud oh jeez
3: um, there has to be some well, Susan rice was one uh, she was
2: totally just mouthing words and it it wasn't even her words she's the one that talked about vengazi yeah yeah
0: yeah. this was uh obama's oh uh,
2: another one was lady gaga where she was saying she this was in glamour magazine and she there was a video of it she was saying that she was doing she was giving up sex for her creativity and it was all about uh money
0: Interesting. So, I mean, let me, let me like take that. you back to Susan Rice. The the interview on the Susan Rice, that's when she was running right out was telling everybody that this was all due to a film uh, that that slandered uh, Muhammad. It was not an organized uh you know, event, it, it happened spontaneously, these were not terrorists, they were just, you know, demonstrators. That's what you're talking about.
2: And that one, she was not telling the truth. There's so much. Dinesh D'Souza, we knew he was guilty, even though I didn't want him to be guilty. Um, but that showed up in his vocal print. Um, that we've done stuff on UFOs and who's telling the truth and who isn't.
3: Huh. So
2: there's a lot of information there. And there's almost everything that we do, we give an instruction booklet. Uh, before we go, I want to talk about radiation a minute, if we can.
0: Okay, yeah, go ahead and do that. Talk about anything you want to talk about before I jump to the chat room because they'll take over the rest of the show as soon as I start that.
2: Okay. We picked several things that we wanted to help PTSD, radiation, vaccination issues, uh, and bio diet or diet. We have given away PTSD. We just did a class yesterday and we gave away that software to help uh, anybody who has PTSD, particularly the soldiers, uh, for radiation. They can download this right on our site, and there's a 72-page booklet there that will walk them through it. There's a video that they can walk them through. There's two uh, softwares that they need, and it's downloaded right there. Every bit of it's there so that they can check themselves, including graphs that if I have strontium, this is what I need to do or this is what needs to happen. We did it because we felt so strongly that these things were not being given the appropriate attention. And we looked at John Apsley's work about how Chernobyl and Fukushima is causing problems. And we wanted people to have some tools to help themselves. So go to the downloads. I think... Cholesterol is another one that's there for people to download. We um, trade that out every month. Cholesterol, is that what you said? Cholesterol, I think that's the one that's under the bonus software. But this Uh Guardians of the People, this guy was talking about, Uh every month we meet and we give people a new software and teach them how to use it so that they can go help their community.
0: So is that the site that they should go to, Guardians of the People, or go to your main site?
2: Well, it's all together there. If they go to okay. the main site. They can go to downloads and look at all the software. Okay. And there's you there's know probably... now I
0: wish you did them for Macintosh.
2: Boy, Everybody I did, too. There, it's
0: PC only. What?
2: I wish we had the money to do this too. We're getting it up on apps. Um, we negotiated with a company, and they're going to put four of our programs up on apps for uh, iPads and phones. Muscles, oh, good. good, nutrition, diet. And I think allergies so that Good. will be very helpful for people.
0: One thing I could tell you you know you go to this website and you can get lost in the material that is there, and it is very interesting and what have you got to lose? I mean, if you go and you you download one of these programs and uh you know you try it that to me that 's the proof is in the pudding you know uh So I suggest that you all do that. And I'm going to ask you one more. I'm going to go back on my word, and I'm going to ask you one more, and that's Nancy Pelosi. Did Nancy Pelosi mean what she said when she said unemployment will create jobs?
2: I should tell you that Nancy Pelosi's vocal print looks almost identical to Ronald Reagan's. I think Nancy Pelosi, my opinion, bioacoustically speaking, I think she has Alzheimer's of some kind, and she, she, and Reed both have some sort of mental deficiency.
0: Oh wow! Well, now not okay. Yeah, all right. Listen, I'm going to leave that one alone. Now. <laughs> <laughs> are you familiar with David Oates, by the way, and his I am. reverse speech?
2: We are. All friends.
0: right. What are your thoughts on the observations that reverse content exists in forward speech?
2: I think if you know how to work it, and it, there's really a knack to it, that it is incredible.
0: Yeah, we have actually, uh, you know, I've actually had confessions uh, arise in reverse speech. Okay, I'm going to get out of here and give this to our listening, uh, to our folks in the chat room. Okay, Mark says I'd like to know how her view on the syncopated rock beat. I'd like to know her view on the syncopated rock beat. Studies have shown that the sound of rock music had a negative effect on plants, while classical music had a positive
2: effect. Well, Mark is right, but everybody should have a right to their own music and what fits them.
0: Okay. We will go now to... Okay. I'm not sure who put this question up in the chat room. How, see, how old of Microsoft OS will Nano Voice work on? This can tell you just how cheap a PC you can utilize, I guess. <laughs> All
2: right. I, I think Vista is the oldest one we've used it on, and that's been up for people. We've been giving that away for years. There's been hundreds of thousands of downloads of this. Every once in a while we, we change the directions. Uh, For people, But it's been up there for ages. So the the one I can remember is Vista. I don't even remember what was before Vista.
0: Windows 95, Windows 98. Yes, it works on
2: those.
0: Yes. So it'll run on those, too, even, huh? Yes. Uh, Okay, cool. Uncle Bits wants to know, I am interested to know what Sherry thinks of the standardized tuning of A equals 440. Many think that this frequency is out of sync with our well-being.
2: Well, you have to look at language. Every language is based on a different musical scale when you really look at it, and there are articles out on this. I love the idea of the 432 because you can go in and you can cast out nines and, and you can do wonderful mathematical tricks with it. I think that would be the perfect one to go with because if you look at music, it's based on movements of the planets and uneven ratios and the old Pythagorean way is based on 0.08333 of even um, even notes but it it doesn't suit the human body anymore everybody has their own scale let's not go to a scale one scale for everybody let's let people have their own scale and that we can show that to people
0: hmm okay now
2: that's a great Sherry,
0: Go ahead. What was it you were going to say?
2: That was a great question.
0: Okay, what is it?
2: Oh, I said that guy's question. Oh, that was, was good. a great yeah. question. Okay, yeah. I you said,
0: okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I don't know who put this up, but it says here's an off the wall question: Could virus through natural selection grow immune to the antidote? Note:
2: I don't think so because I don't think anybody'd find any sound that you couldn't multiply by the square root of two and uh, make it silent. So it's a matter of math. We're, we're looking at math as medicine, Star Trek medicine. Square root of two is 1.4142. So if you have a frequency in your voice and we've got the software waiting for you, it's sitting there for you to look at, you got something too high, multiply it by the square root of two and give yourself that frequency, and it will bring it lower. Okay, now, you know, I... It, it,
0: Here's a question that's being triggered by a comment in the chat room. Uh, th- th- we have had on this show uh, uh, several people that have talked about um, hospice care, um, hospice physicians, nurses, uh, and it's not at all uncommon for their, you know, the subject of an animal to come up. An animal that, indeed, there is a story of one that moves through a hospital that knows who's going to die. And when it takes up its place in their room, uh, the entire nursing staff, the hospital staff, knows that this person is going to pass in the next 24 hours. There are also all kinds of stories about how an animal can know before you know that you have an illness or a disease. And Do, do animals, especially, I mean these stories are usually always about a dog, um, do they have that ability? Do, can they hear, like, these this sound that you can hear that others can't hear?
2: Um, I would think they've got some sense of uh, something like that. Like, when when people are going to die, they they give off two chemicals, cadaverin and putrescine. It has a very distinct, almost a sweetish smell. It's a note of F. And I think animals may be picking that up.
0: Hmm. Okay, Celestial would like to know, can you give yourself a frequency without one of her programmed boxes? Is there another way to give yourself a frequency?
2: Sing, sing, sing a note until your ears are ringing, and that's your sound, your signature sound. Nobody needs anything I have. You carry this with you all the time. I'm just here doing it with computers to prove it's possible.
0: All right, Sherry Edwards, it's been a really delightful time spending it with you. Um, any last comments? You have about 30 seconds.
2: There's nothing wrong with anything you find in your voice. It's what you do about it that makes a difference.
0: All right, cool. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank our guest and all of you for joining us today. Boy, I do suggest that you get on over to our website, download this software, take a look at what's there. I hope you've enjoyed our show, and we'll join us again next week, same time and same place. And do tell your friends. Let's have them join us as well. And remember, if you have comments on our show, do please let us know. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember... Believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.